When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And welcome in everybody to a game three unfortunate post-game show. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Chap Shots, D Magazines, Sean Shapiro. And, you know, we have to do these good or bad. And uh, unfortunately, tonight was bad, Mr. Shapiro. I will say this. We also look back at game three against Minnesota, and that was probably the worst game the Stars played in the first round. So... I will say that, you know, after that game, the Stars were clearly the better team and won the series. So maybe that happens against Seattle. But tonight after the Heishkinen injury, it just fell apart. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's two there's two things to this, right? First is the script is eerily similar on one hand to the Minnesota series. You lose game one in overtime. You come back. You respond pretty well in game two. You go on the road and you kind of get kicked. You get the teeth kicked in a little bit in game three. Um, so the script is on that front is very similar to the Minnesota series. Now, the one thing that we're waiting for, and we're recording this live, so we don't have data yet. And I've got Twitter open and I'll see if we get any updates while it's going on and everything like that. But the nature of the Miro Heishkinen injury changes a lot for this series. Honestly, um, we saw, we all, we've always talked and we've always, I've written, we've spoken about how important Miro Heishkin is, is the Dallas stars team. And the goal, um, in the first, in the second period, two ten in puck to his face, Jordan Eberle scores. I mean, it's a, a goal is a goal. That's fine. I'm not, yeah. but the, but the, the injury, the injury and you saw basically how much both on an emotional level, how much the stars were shaken without Heishkin. And then you also saw it on a completely tactical level where, I mean, Seattle, the stars couldn't get the puck out of their zone. They couldn't stop Seattle's transition. Um, I, uh, I look at zone entries where it goes like, I mean, it's the first time of in, in of all the playoff games I've I've tracked for the Stars this year. It's the first that second period was the first time where they've allowed a team to have more uh, clean zone entries than dumpins. And I mean, no, I don't exactly timestamp the total before and after the Miro injury, but obviously he was only only played a minute or whatever it was in the second period, so. That's 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 your difference right there. So, um, hopefully, we get an update while this show's going on, so we can 
provide that as that goes on. But I mean, the fact that it was also weird, the fact that we, we saw how rough the stars looked without him. And then I really, I know it was a, I know it was a blowout. I know it was five, one going into the third, but the fact that he doesn't return and earlier in the game uh, on the TBS broadcast, it's Patrick Sharp said he, he was told that I think it was either Elaine Nazardine or Steve spot told him that the, uh, he was just getting stitched up and he'd be back. And the fact that he isn't back is just, and then, and then we get the update in the third period that he's not going to return because of an upper body injury. Well, we all saw where the puck hit him into the head. So, um, Miro's health, I mean, so much hinges on that. And I, I, it's, it's one of those things where if he's fine and they were just playing it cool and like, we don't need him in for the third period, then it's still a series. It's just two to one. You follow the script for Minnesota. If Ishkinen is, if there's something more here, you start to get worried. I, it seemed as though Seattle saw something on tape that some other teams prior to the playoffs have seen as far as that pass up the middle and the stretch pass trying to catch the, uh, I know that the stars defense has a tendency to pinch and pinch hard at times, but wow. It feel like Seattle was trying to do this. And they highlighted it on TV that Seattle was just trying to do the stretch pass all night over and over again. I mean, it was, there was, there's seven goals, right? So it's hard to keep all in track right now. So I'd have to go through my notes. Still. But I mean, there was a couple that, that, that came directly off that play. Um, it's, it's something where we saw tonight. We, uh, it's kind of, we saw the, uh, we saw a couple players in particular exposed on it. Um, Ryan Suter, does not uh, when Ryan Suter's playing with Miro Heishkin and he doesn't get burned on that play as much because Miro Miro drifts so well and takes it away. And the minute that Miro was no longer with Ryan Suter, Suter got burned on it quite a bit. Um, Hockenpah and Lundell got burned on it quite a few times. Um, it's obviously it's also not just a defensive. It's I mean it's a defensive thing, but it's also not just a defender thing. It is also a space that is uh reliant on on the forwards too i mean as for as good as they were in the first period and they they ended up having and actually they didn't have i guess they didn't have the goal because it was a marchman dadanoff combination but the domi felski uh marchman line got 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 sliced and diced defensively and in, in the second period there by things like that i mean it was uh it's a it's again one of those things where like hopefully the update comes out oh that we just kept Miro out for the third period because the game was in hand, but it was another thing that other teams have seen it during the regular season, but it was something you could live with because you had someone who played it well. The stars don't have any defensemen who play it well right now. Just it's 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 definitely something that just expect more and more of it from Seattle going forward right now. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting because prior to the Heishkinen injury, I didn't think the Stars were outplaying Seattle, but I thought they were semi-level with Seattle and withstood the heavy crowd noise. And, you know, the first period actually wasn't bad at all. Um, 
And, you know, let's talk about Jake Ottinger's play. Yeah, I, yeah. I look at, I look at Ottinger like the quarterback and uh, absolutely. There were two, three goals that usually he stops and did not have the great game tonight, but you know, I mean, has to come up bigger in these moments, but at the same time, goalies are going to have bad games and this was one of them, but I look at it similar to, to the quarterback. There were a lot of things that went wrong tonight and Jake Ottinger was just one of them. Yeah. I mean, Ottinger has to be better. Um, it's, yep. it's, it's one of those spaces where um, Ottinger say the Miro injury happens and, and, and we assume the first goal is a fact of life. Right. Um, I mean, he's better. Dallas gets out of that can, should be getting out of the period at three, one, maybe two, one, if he makes a couple tough saves. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's, he was, I mean, the entire team got bullied tonight and, and pushed around Yeah, from this, from the about three minutes left in the first period forward on. Um, but Ottinger has to be better. That's just, that's just a reality of it. And the thing I didn't like about Ottinger was the, There was kind of a, to use the terminology, there's a lack of like connectivity in his game tonight almost. And you saw it even in the first period where there's a couple times where he made saves. He would make some saves in the first period, but the rebound dispersal and where it went afterwards wasn't the same automatic, clean movement the way we've seen from Ottinger when he was playing well and from what we saw in game two and everything like that. So that's more of my concern. Um, I like that they, I like that they went to Wedgwood in the third period. The game was over, honestly, like what else are you going to do? Yeah. And and I, I like that that gives that reset because I think there's, there's nothing Jake Ottinger can do in that third period that will better fix him for game four. The best thing possible is to take a step back. And I think they made that decision um, on the goaltending front the right way. I was talking to some people and they kept texting. Now do you pull Ottinger? Now do you pull Ottinger? And I said, you pull him for rest. I said, but my thing is, is like, don't expect Wedgwood to come in and be brilliant. I mean, oh. it's, oh, it is, yeah. it is what it is, <laughs> you, oh, you know? Um, but I agree with you for the rest. And, I'm hoping fingers crossed that, you know, the fact that sharp spoke to um, the stars assistant coaches and they said that Hayskinen was going to return. And then I'm hoping it was a score thing. Let's rest them. Um, but we will, uh, we will certainly uh, uh, find yeah, out soon. We do have, we do have. So while we're, so um, you've probably see, if you're listening, you've probably seen this update, but it's a non update from Pete DeBoer. It said, so the direct quote from Pete DeBoer is don't have anything yet. Obviously didn't come back pretty bad cut. We'll know more tomorrow. So just get ready for the next two days of we'll know more tomorrow because um, I imagine this is why well, I know this is playoff hockey time and they are going to be, they're going to be, uh, they're not going to divulge much about his health from until until uh tuesday night now they're going to be very they, they may answer questions about whether he's in the concussion protocol or not and i don't know if anyone asked that follow-up or not but um so but the fact of the matter is kind of a non-update so it, it still keeps us in that kind of question of 
where is Heishkinen? What are we going to see for game four? And I, uh, and maybe they were just playing to the score. And if that was the, the right decision, I don't have an issue with that. I just hope that I don't, I don't, the other thing that's weird to me, Gavin, about that interview between, and I, I, I think Patrick Sharp does a good job, mm-hmm. but I also wonder where, like, sometimes those interviews with assistant coaches to the sideline reporter, I don't know how uh, authentic, not authentic, but how official they really should be counted as, right? Because there's a reason, like, so to give you, to give you an example, um, the Stars are one of the much more media-friendly teams, actually. Um, Jim Nill's really good about making people available and everything like that, but but Pete DeBoer doesn't um, in general, Pete DeBoer general doesn't generally doesn't want his assistant coaches talking to the media because he wants it as a united front. It's say just his decisions. Like I'm the head coach. Um, I'm the representation for this team. I will take the, I will answer for everything. It's a, and I, I have no issue with Pete DeBoer taking that approach. Um, I at least understand where he's coming from on that. Uh, he does allow assistant coaches to do like some of the, interviews with the tv and the the like the broadcasters before the game but other than that he is very much a this is my i'm the it, it, it goes back to a lot of his background he was a law school he went to law school he he stands he represents his team and so i i wonder sometimes when i hear things of like hey elaine nazardine or steve spot told me this not that i don't believe that they're true i just wonder sometimes how official that became how official that is did they was the, like the, that do you understand where i'm going with that word yeah just, absolutely like, like, like it, it's something where it gets passed off as hey this is this is a fact of life that was passed on and, and he'll come back but i think there's a proper context that needs to be more that probably need to be relayed that you know what typically the assistant coaches aren't dealing with that decision at all that's always more of a pete DeBoer and his medical staff thing and so they could have seen him getting stitched up and, but that's, so that's where I'm going with that. I'm not accusing anyone of hiding anything. I just think that there's a context that needs to be added to that for all of our listeners. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I'm not accusing anyone of favoritism, yeah. but I did think, you know, Patrick Sharp knows people on that bench. Yeah. So maybe, um, you know, maybe he got tipped in that direction. I, I you yeah. know, I, I, I don't know. I thought his analysis tonight was terrific. I thought the three of them called an excellent game. Um, you know, I'm really impressed with them this series. Once again, we, you know, I'm impressed with the whole TNT crew. I think it's cool that they took talk it back. Um, because, you know, tonight I thought he offered some great analysis having played Seattle several times. So, you know, going into that building and then explaining what Seattle brings to the table. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was unique rather than just a retired player bringing something to the table. Yeah. I, I thought tonight was, I thought there was some good things on the broadcast tonight. Um, I would have liked a, a little bit more 
in-depth examination for the national audience of Tashkinen's impact. I think that's something where, um, I think I think that's something that was kind of could have been provided a little bit more tonight, um, just because you and I and the stars audience knows how important it is. But I felt like in a game where Kale McCarr, or Adam Fox, or something like that got hurt, I feel like yeah. there would have been a little bit better of a uh, of, of a breakdown of of his of his of his impact. So um, I, I think that's um, I, I would look at. I would have liked to see a little bit more from that, but overall, I mean, I thought there was, I like seeing a current coach on the panel and talk it. I like that. He's back on there. I think it's, it's definitely a good, it's a, it's a good piece. Um, I, the one thing I would have liked to see more of from um, Patrick Sharp actually would have been a little bit more of, there are times I, I don't I don't want people to always rely on the I played the game I played with this guy stuff. But when you have it, I think there's some more things he could have maybe used from um, like, for example, he was teammates with Jamie Ben and Jamie Alexiak. I felt like he could have given a little bit more on some things like that. And I'm just yeah. nitpicking. I'm just nitpicking right now. That's yes, yeah. that's, that's the reality yeah. of it. Yeah. And Jamie Alexiak's having a good series. Yeah. Um, you know, one one of the things that. I mean, we continue to discuss it and maybe it's on the back of an old milk carton, but <laughs> I wish the broadcast had concentrated and maybe shown some of Jason Robertson and his ineffectiveness. Um, because to me, that's the stories of the series. Matty Beneers kind of woke up tonight and had a really nice game. Um, he had been struggling in the playoffs. Uh, Jason Robertson just, you know, I mean, there were times that I was thinking, okay, maybe he's playing a little bit better, but he's just not that standout player that we've seen during the regular season. And I mean, that's kind of the obvious statement, but you know, when you have a player of that magnitude and if we're going to consider him top five, top 10 in the league, you know, you got to step up in these situations and you, you just have to be a difference maker. And he's not only not a difference maker, he's just kind of disappeared, Sean. I mean, he had a couple chances. Yeah. The game was a blowout, but that's it. Like, he's just, it's been, he's been so noticeably absent where you almost look at it and you wonder how is this team where they are, where he's been this version of himself absent and they missed Joe Pavelski for the entire first round. Like, the fact the Stars reached it, he reached it this way. Like, it is. I've said it on this 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 podcast before. It really just comes down to Jason Robertson. Just he he has to. It, this is on Jason Robertson. Like I, I hate the idea where it's. I mean, I got. I think next game you have to throw things yep. into the blender and f- figure stuff out. I think. Um, I, I think maybe. I don't know. I, I was thinking of it. I know everyone kind of says, let's, let's, let's go and put, uh, let's put Pavelski, let's switch Sagan and Pavelski together, put, put, switch them back and everything like that. But I don't know, Gavin, what do you think of, what do you, what would you think of the idea of switching Pavelski and Hints? Cause I was thinking about that where like right now you have, you have Marchment and, uh, and and Domi are starting to find a little bit offensively. Um, obviously, tonight's game was a little bit bad defensively, but they're starting to find a little bit offensively. And maybe if you put uh, kind of a burner with them and Hints, and maybe and we we know Hints can get going by himself. And 
maybe we need to try something completely new and go Sagan with Robertson and Pavelski. And it becomes a little bit more of a methodical Jason Robertson type line where they're going to create in the half court, create in the half set. They're going to create that way. And we shift the folks to that type of offense for that line, as opposed to let's just defer to Ropa hints. Cause that's what Jason Robertson's doing right now. And so I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas at a wall yeah. and see what sticks. So I'm definitely open to that. And I would not be surprised if Pete DeBoer put Joel Hanley back in, if Hashkinen's healthy enough. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Based, based on, you know, Colin Miller did not have a great game tonight. Um, but, and you know, he threw that in last series. So I'd expect him to throw that in as well. So, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's just an ugly game, but I mean, I, I also can't, this series has mirrored Minnesota series. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to hit the panic button. Um, they're down two one. They were down two one against Minnesota. Same thing happened in the first game. Same thing happened in the second game. Same thing happened in the third game. So I think the stars can clearly bounce back. I just, you know, one of the things that I was thinking of is in the last game, Sean, after in the post game, I made the statement, if the stars play this way that I feel as though they can be in the Stanley cup. And what I meant by that was the sustained physicality. And I know it's not something easy um, to do. It takes effort. It takes will. And sometimes it breaks your own style. Maybe Seattle, that's just a major part of their style, similar to Minnesota. But I just felt as though, you know, they really threw Seattle off their game with their physical nature in game two. And I just thought it kind of disappeared in game three. Yeah, it's, I think the stars got, oh, there, there's two parts. I mean, there's the big breaking point in the game tonight, which is the Eberle goal combined with the Hayeshkin injury. Yeah. The, um, the other thing to me that I think to give Seattle credit, um, the stars had more shot, had more shot attempts, uh, not more shots, but more shot attempts and more offensive flow in the first, in the first 15 minutes of the game. But Seattle did such a great job clogging the middle of the ice, clogging the lane. Uh, they blocked a ton of shots in the first period. And I think to give Seattle credit, they swung momentum in that way in kind of, creating better like the way that the way they limited dallas's transition in the first period i think that came back to frustrate dallas um and so you had those little like underlying pieces of frustration that became that become big frustrations where it's like when the dam breaks on the injury then everything starts falling apart and and it's just like you saw the jake ottinger would never admit this gavin but i wonder how much what the emotional toll of and the mental toll of seeing we, we talk about him being a, a physical like a sharp sharp dude with really with like who's always in it mentally and everything like that but he's also a human and there's something about seeing your best player yep. taken off the ice and laying on lay, laying kind of prone like that two feet in front of you like I it's he would never admit it, but I think there is an emotional toll of that. And so um 
you could see, I mean, the entire stars bench was just deflated after that one. And it's the only, I mean, really like other than Evgeny Dadanov, who showed, who else showed up in the second period? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I thought Ty Delandria showed up in the first period, but then yeah. kind of disappeared after uh you're right you're absolutely right there are a lot of people that didn't show up just for clarification and you can build upon this sean i'm sure there are people that were out there saying the nhl should have stopped um, before everly scored the goal the way i'm reading it is the following if the player's team is in control of the puck at the time of injury play shall be stopped immediately unless his team is in a scoring position so the stars were not in possession of the puck and Seattle clearly was in position uh, for a scoring position in the zone with possession of the puck, therefore no stoppage of play. So it was, it was the right call, but I wanted to clarify it for stars fans wondering why the whistle didn't blow at that point. Yeah, I don't, it's if, if, if they had blown it dead, um, I, I would have been okay with it, but I also, I, I don't think you take goals. I mean, hockey's a weird game. Yeah. There's weird bounces. And um I think with the bang bang nature of that play, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Um I, I'm I'm really am. It's it's not like the puck hits Hashkinen, he goes down. Um and they're cycling and, or and something there's, like that. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's right Everly's right there. It's yeah. not like he kicked the puck back to the point or the corner. Like if they did that and he's still down, I want it blown dead, but it's right there. It's bang, bang. And then all of a sudden, like, I, I don't want, I, I don't want a guy. I don't want a guy. I don't want the referees to be blowing the whistle because a guy takes a shot high and goes down and he's not hurt, but he's just a little bit slow to get up or whatever, because it's like, I don't. So, I, I don't I don't mind the goal. I have no I actually have no issue with the goal. It's it's an unlucky bounce that happens. But look at it from a star's perspective. If that puck hits uh if that puck hits uh Matty Beneers in the face or yep. or Jaden Schwartz in the face or Jan, or Carson Soucy in the face and you take that goal away from Joe Pavelski, you're pissed about it, but it was you'd be really pissed about it and it would be the it would be the wrong call. So I think taking that goal away would have been the wrong call. Um, it's it's just an unfortunate bounce, and unfortunate bounces happen sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunate that you and I are right as far as players to watch out for. You were highlighting Jordan Everly, and we were talking about him on the Spits and Suds podcast, and I brought up Yanni Gord, and yeah. they both um, have had great series thus far. So 